Standing coach for smart, strong, successful women, your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. Usually, it's from a man's point of view. Today, we are hearing from my friend Rory Ray. Um, she's a superstar. Um, she is well known. She's helped hundreds of thousands of women uh, understand relationships and get the relationship you want. Her website, in fact, is called have the relationship you want. Uh, she's the creator of The Modern Siren, has developed hundreds of specific tools that help women succeed in love quickly and effortlessly. And now she pers personally trains other coaches to help women one-on-one -on -one by using her unique theatrical and experiential Rory Ray coaching method. Uh, Rory's always said that her uh, biggest credential is her personal story. Uh, that makes perfect sense to me, how she took herself from being an unhappy crumb taker to a hugely happy modern Cyrus siren with a fabulous lifelong marriage to a great man. He is a great man. I know him. Uh, and and uh, Rory, Rory doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. Uh, her belief is that if she can do it, you can. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to share her wisdom with you today. Um, Rory, thank you so much for coming to the Love You Podcast. Oh, you're welcome. That was charming. Thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure entirely. Um, I I I want to just start for the, for the, the the few people who don't already know who you are. <laughs> um, uh, you talk about your story. What's the two minute version of your story? How you became uh, from doormat to happily married coach who helps and inspires other women? How did you find your way on that journey? You know, before I say that, I just want to say how delightful it is to be with you. Nobody knows except you and I that we go way back. I mean, we started at the same time and I'm just thrilled for what you were able to do for women. You're really amazing. And I hear from women every day how you have changed their lives. So this is a real kick for me. Uh, it's a professional meeting. We haven't done this in it's been weeks. many years. <laughs> it, it, it's but, been weeks. And so you know me. So going back, you know, from the time we've known each other, even my life and my marriage has changed. Before I met my husband a long time ago, decades ago, I was one of those women who valued myself so little that I really felt a man was doing me a favor if he wanted to have sex with me. I mean, literally, I really felt honored. And so I allowed men who just wanted to be my friend with benefits to be with me for years. And I, you know, I never caught on that what they were actually saying to me was actually true. And I just felt honored that anybody wanted to be with me at all. It was that bad. I took crumbs to the max. I have never been abused. And so many women that I speak to um, have been. So I'm grateful for that in terms of an actual relationship. But one day, you know, I woke up and I went, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm letting one man after another be with me and getting my heart broken and investing myself and being myself and being a loving person or whatever I thought I was being at the time. And all of a sudden this light went out of my head and I started to see a little more clearly and I started to act as if I valued myself and I stopped just letting any man do whatever he wanted with me. And I started 
deciding what I wanted to do. And there were many when, steps that I took. When was that epiphany? How, how old were you when you said About four months before I met my husband. Got it. Totally honest. There was a man before him who was a charmer. I loved him. I really, you know, he's in my karate class. He was the second man in that karate class I'd had a relationship with. And he was in no position to be in a committed relationship. He was no, had no deep abiding desire to be in that relationship with me. And one day I met my husband while I was in the relationship with the other guy. I met him and it was like, he was not my type. I was not interested. I was able to be really relaxed and carefree and easygoing because I didn't care. Funny how that works. Yeah. So the, the, what we're talking about here is how do I get that when actually I do like this man and I actually feel all of that energy coming through me? How do I behave cool and how do I, how do I not care so that I can really be myself? And that's, and, a big, really, and that's a big part of what you now teach. So that's let's, exactly it. Let's get, let's get into that for a second. Um, <clears throat> because this is, this is a, no, this is a, a, a big thing for me. We, we, approach, we approach this in different ways, but the whole first month of my Love You course is about confidence. Right? Yeah. My whole Believe in Love program is about confidence. Um, confidence awesome. is, the, is the umbrella under which all this falls. If you're yeah. a confident woman, you act that way when he's texting you. You act that way when he makes a move on you. You act that way when he's been dating you for six weeks and he hasn't stepped up to be your boyfriend. I mean, confidence yes. is the through line. How do you help women develop confidence and this, this calmness and coolness? These, I mean, these are sort of buzzwords. How do you get them from point A to point Z? Well, we all know we need your wife to teach that course. <laughs> She, she's she's kind of a natural, which is why I don't know if she's a, a great teacher. You, you've had a greater learning curve, which is why your story is valuable. It. So that's kind of the question. Some women have been brought up in environments and family and uh, genes and hormones and health that allowed them to naturally feel that they could do stuff and naturally feel confident talking with other people. The rest of us, most of us, were not. And so trying to figure out how did that develop in those people other than the genes and the, the hormones and the health and things that I may not be able to impact. Um, you learn confidence by doing. You learn confidence by you take a step that doesn't feel quite comfortable and you kind of sneak past your defense system so you don't set off all the bells and whistles and start feeling defensive and resist and you do it and you get a result that feels good and people look at you you get attention in the case of love <clears throat> step forward in some way and a man looks at you instead of ignoring you you become less you become visible he hears you instead of just going yeah all of a sudden he calls you up instead of letting it go and when that starts to happen the confidence builds so how do we do that well, well I, I, I just want to acknowledge right off the bat uh, something really great. Yeah. You, you and I completely agree on this. And this I is, know we do. This is the equivalent of like behavioral therapy, right? Yes. Act, act like a confident woman. Watch as men respond to you like a confident woman. Yes. And you'll feel more confident in the act of doing. Exactly. However. But I knew there was a but. That it sounds easy. I mean, no, everything I, I hear out there from most coaches and most everything, it's like, you know, get grounded, be authentic. You know, it's like, 
Oh yeah, I'm gonna fly to the moon. Yeah, that's not that's not really advice. So what I do is I've created a a toolbox of small step-by-step method in which you can sneak in, and this is really important, sneak past the defense system because our systems are set up to keep us safe. We love ourselves inside, but we think there's a battle going on. And what happens is we fight the change, the shift. We say we want love, but actually we don't. On a deep subconscious level, we push every man away who wants to love us, and we go for every man who's dangerous, exciting, and doesn't want us because, believe it or not, that is the safe answer. No intimacy is possible when we chase or want or desire a man who is not into us or is not available to us or is an emotionally unavailable man, which you deal a lot with. And so already we have this system working against us. So... For me, it's this toolbox of tiny, itty-bitty baby steps. And at the beginning, it's just exactly what you recommend, dating. Uh, A style of dating in which you follow some set of parameters that are different than the ones you normally do. So you and I could probably totally agree on what that would be. There's online dating now on Twitter. I mean, uh, Tinder. There's all the great stuff out there. And most of the women I work with now find that Tinder is the best one for many, many reasons. I don't know what you recommend. We used to all be about match. We all used to be, and we used to look down our noses at the ones with the swipe. But there are ways to get in front of men and go out in public and be around men that are different than your old ways. To be in places where men who may be more mature or maybe more into what you're into or maybe more marriageable hang out rather than the places you normally hang out. What's an example of a place where marriageable men hang out? If you hang out in the same bar in the same happy hour every day after work for four months and all you need are certain kinds of men, I would say, let's try something else. I know that's what I'm asking is what, what is the something else? Because I know we're not be, to find them. I just, I, I've always oh. struggled with the where are the good men question. Oh, there are millions. Uh, meetups, uh, language meetups, uh, art meetups, hiking meetups, bowling, um, wall climbing, um, uh, environmental meetings, political groups. Hobby-based things. Yeah, things that mean something to you. Number one, church. Churches are amazing, you know, with great group groups. You hear wonderful words coming at you, and there's so many new age that are completely not religious dogma based, but spiritual based, where there are good men. Then there's, you know, the more physical stuff, labor, Habitat for Humanity, uh, volunteering. There's so much stuff, wilderness stores, and different kinds of bars. Try something different. Try hanging out in your neighborhood. Try coffee houses. Try coffee shops. Try games, escape rooms. I mean, this is just a tip of the iceberg. I one of my great coaches, Adrian Everhart, who perhaps you'll be interviewing soon, uh, had put a whole list together for me. And it's, it's brilliant. And I just got a circular from Marnie Batista, who sent me a, a free book that's got a whole list of where you can meet men. The concept is to do it differently in a way that doesn't make you go, I don't want to go there. That's the problem. I don't want to take myself out. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do it. I don't want to get in line. That's our resistance. That's what we are facing. How do I get a woman to take step one? Great. So I've got one question before we take a break. Yeah. And, and it's, 
what's an example of, right, we've got 100 tiny tools. What's an example of one of them uh, that, 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 someone, that someone could listen right now and get it and say, oh, that I instantly feel a little bit better. All right. I have a core tool called feeling messages. In some places, we call that nonviolent communication. Mine is completely different. The feeling message begins with, I feel or I'm feeling in the first few words. And what it does is it forces a woman to stop thinking and to find out what she's feeling, a sensation, whatever it is. This means that every moment of every day, you're constantly connecting with what has happening inside you, which is very unfamiliar to most of us, and then you verbalize it. Because a lot of people ignore their, a lot of people ignore their feelings. Ninety-nine percent of us, and and I can help a woman shift into authenticity very quickly this way. And it seems really hard because it's a whole new language, and it's a whole inner thing. You find out what you're feeling. I do it through touching objects, simple things that don't get your defense system all riled up, and then you learn to speak it. Simple things like I feel warm. When, it, when it, instead of, oh, it's a really hot day, which is in your head, oh, I'm feeling warm. And as you begin to speak in the ways that do not scare you to strangers and people and wherever you are out loud, you start to get more in touch with yourself. You start to feel more authentic and you start to get more confidence in your ability to be brave. Because after a while, this is going to be, I'm dating a man for six weeks and I have to have a serious conversation and I don't want to do it from a boardroom negotiator's place. I want to do it from my heart. Got it. The word fear came up a number of times in the first uh, 10, 15 minutes that we were talking. Um, uh, getting women to overcome their fear of smiling at a guy, their fear of having a conversation with a guy, their fear of going to a, a meetup, the fear of expressing their feelings. There's so much fear built into everything. And so my question is, is that the natural assumption that everybody is petrified? Because I understand that there are people, but there's, there have to be some people who are not petrified of those things too. What, what, I mean, and it feels like that's the starting place where everything is fear. And I guess I just want to push back a little bit. Aren't there some people who can talk to men who aren't petrified, who just haven't found the right guy? Me? Uh, okay. I completely would love to disagree with all of that. My work is based on a whole different plane. For me, fear is just a feeling. For me, it doesn't mean anything. I see things as a whole. Our senses are everything happening within us as part of an organism, part of our organic cells. And I basically invite women to chase fear, to invite fear. So here is the way I work. When, and this works with everything that I do, everything that happens. I invite women to feel, and then I invite them to fall in love with what they're experiencing. In other words, if I'm feeling fear, instead of putting a name on that, what does that mean? What is fear? My arms are shaking. A dog... Uh, ran out and, ch and attacked my dog yesterday and uh, nothing happened everything was fine but I could feel the my whole body shook like a leaf and I was terrified and what happened immediately was anger and I wanted to attack the woman who had let the dog loose I think this is the way we operate so what I needed to do in that moment 
rather than distance myself from the person and run and attack and do the fight flight fear thing is basically sit down and cry or stand there and let myself feel what the shape what i was feeling the experience was was not important in terms of what it meant or what i could say about it it was what was going on inside me and how could i help my dog and what was important and that was for me to completely feel it and fall in love with the shaking and fall in love with my anger at this woman or my anger at a man when i experience it with my husband he does something that triggers me and upsets me he walks away at a at a an event or something to go somewhere without talking to me he likes to wander my immediately i immediately feel this anger and abandonment come up well i could shut down which is what we all do shut down around that which i think is what you're talking about i could call that fear i could call that anger or i could just fall in love with this feeling this sensation that is happening whoa i am feeling really pissed at my husband whoa i'm feeling alone oh, i'm feeling really abandoned like start i could feel myself crying right now then when he comes up to me and when i see him next instead of going why did you run off or which is what we all do or shutting up and smiling and pretending everything's okay i get to say wow back there i felt really weird i felt abandoned and i felt really pissed and a whole bunch of stuff came up to me when i found myself alone once i learned to speak like that all the time my life changes everything changes fear is no longer a word that means anything to me i just go whoa i'm shaking and i walk in and i sit there and anyway i just sit down and i feel that's why if this is okay to keep going Mo i disagree with most people who say after a breakup you need some time to be by yourself and regroup i disagree completely with that because i i've done that myself and i ended up going back into the world just as stupid as i was when i left so instead i say take go out sit at a coffee shop or a bar in public where there are people where you're going to be triggered triggered and feel as loud as you feel cry sit there in the stool don't try to look good don't wear makeup just be there and that alone is such a major confidence builder i cannot tell you it's like i don't have to be at my best i can just sit among people and feel and cry and stare at a book and wow and the amazing thing is men walk up to you when you do that and i know that every woman has experienced that on a bad hair day on a lousy feeling day and they're totally you know not feeling up and chipper and they sit down and men come up to them so this is this is part of the confidence building this is part of fear is meaningless don't give meaning to words that people say don't give meaning to words i need to ground myself i need to this stay in your own self that makes you unique and makes you who you are then we find out who you are and then the man who is meant to be with you that person can see you I get really passionate about all this stuff. You do. Yeah, you do. So um, there, there, there sounds to me like there's probably a easy transition in your head from feeling and fear to feminine energy. Mm -hmm. um, how do we how do we describe because these this is like jargon for our industry. People yes. talk about masculine and feminine energy and um, uh, a lot of people associate feminine energy with negative things. Uh, I think it's a, it's a huge positive. How do we bridge this communication gap, get women to embrace the concept of feminine energy? And can you sort of describe your take on it? That's lovely. Thank you. 
Well, once again, just words. You know, feminine energy for me, feminine masculine energy began with Shirley Luthman, Shakti Gawain. It's a whole concept that within us are energies and personalities and voices and impulses. So if I was to define my version of this, which might be different than yours or anyone else's, I say that the masculine is involved with the thinking, rational, doing, action-oriented parts of us, all of us. So if I was to write a check, theoretically now, because I'm about to upend this entire theory, Theoretically, that thinking, doing, action, stepping out, taking myself somewhere, inviting someone, initiating someone, going to accomplish something, thinking about something to be accomplished is a masculine energy experience. The feminine energy then for me comes from a completely organic place. And men do this. They have gut feelings. That's the feminine. So for a woman, if you're out there, and you have a feeling, like I feel like moving over in that direction, that's your feminine energy speaking, walk in that direction. If you have a feeling of dis, dis ease, you feel kind of shaky and you don't want to be in somewhere, don't label it as fear or no, step back away from it. Give yourself a moment to experience what's actually going on inside you. So feeling, being, standing there, opening your heart, just being completely, that is feminine energy. And for me, all of that leads to doing, which could then be called masculine. So I have a whole system for how that works and how that can work for a woman in work and in life and in love, because we're trying to distinguish, oh, I'm an independent woman. I should be able to call a man. I should behave this mature way with a man. But what happens is for us women is all of that becomes very mental and we start thinking about it and strategizing. And I am not about strategy of any kind. So I'm grateful that you are. And that's what you bring to the party for me is the other side of it. I am about walking through this world in such a feminine, organic, what I call chaotic. I see chaos as the origin of, the, of life itself, of the existence of everything, and that that I see as feminine, expanding, growing. I see it that way. So that's my experience of feminine. So if you want to talk about wearing a dress or wearing pants, doesn't compute in my experience of what feminine is. However, if you want to be feminine on the outside, it can speak to you on the inside. So I also suggest, yeah, put in a skirt, put in a dress, wear makeup, get your hair fluffy or whatever makes you feel girly and see how that feels on your inside. Don't do it for someone else. See if it shifts on the inside because we work two ways in my coaching method. We work from the outside in, which is words, actions or non-actions not doing and you know the the physiology of, of what you are experiencing in yourself and how that affects you on the inside and then the inside which is the feelings that then become the words and the feelings and the confidence building on the outside tell me more about the action of non-doing because I think for someone who's uninitiated, that sounds like a, an inherent oxymoron, right? So 
what is not doing? How is that feminine? Because someone is going to hear this and say, this is, you know, exactly 1950s patriarchy telling women that they shouldn't or they couldn't or that they, they can't, and they have to just sit there and be passive. I'm saying, I'm, I, I've been around the block a little bit, and I've, I've always gotten a pushback to the idea of not doing feminine energy receptive. Wow. Um, and so I, I'd love for you to come up with uh, a way to describe it to our listeners that could help them see how very empowering it is to sit back and observe the behavior of men instead of trying to control the behavior of men. Right, and let's make this not breaking down between women and men. Let's sure. say this is a general thing. I remember a long time ago, people talked about Bill Clinton when he's a man. When you were standing there talking to him, he was totally, completely focused on you. He was listening to you. He was nowhere else. He was not trying to wonder where his aides were. He was totally with you. That was feminine. My listening to you here, I can either just listen to you and really see you and really listen to you and track my body and make sure I'm completely loose and open to you, or I can be thinking about what I'm going to say next. Being open to you and listening to you, that's feminine. Thinking about what I'm going to say next is masculine. So being receptive is not necessarily a girl trait. We women want men who are like that too. We want you guys who have that 100%. feminine, sensitive chip. At the same time, we want you to be able to think, your, think our way to a movie, we want you to be able to find your own directions because you like that. And we want to support you in that. Primarily, you men prefer the thinking, figuring out, analytical realm. And so I want to support you in that because that allows me just to be here and enjoy the ride. So for a, a woman to disagree with what I'm saying, that doesn't seem likely if I put it this way. But if we put it in the way of subservient or demurring, yeah, nobody no, wants to no. do that. But I, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate, even though I completely agree with you. Yeah, um, like how could I not demure to you? Well, it's not even not demure. I, you know, I believe in equality. I believe women and men are equal, um, and I, I want to have, I want to make decisions, and I want to drive the car, and I want to, right? I want to. I, I live in my masculine energy and I'm comfortable that way. Yeah. Bravo. So why do I have to change that piece of me that has gotten me this far in life? Why, you mean what, you, are you speaking as a woman? That yes, I'm completely to... speaking as a woman. Well, that's fine. Do that. You want a man, a good man? Stop doing it. <laughs> Sorry. That's, very, that's pretty black and white. Look, there, there's, there's a dynamic in this world. There is a romance. You can be best friends with a man and drive and do all of that. But you want some romance? You want some sex? You need some polarity. That's just the way things are. You need hormonal balance. You need to have more oxytocin. He needs to have more testosterone. There needs to be a thought process and a concept of who you each are that contributes to romance. And that's what I mean when I say that things have not changed since caveman days. And we have to find a way to be ourselves fully, passionately, that does not come from the masculine energy. So let me give you a, an example. I just saw a, a video of a, a climber, a rock climber woman. All right, now this woman is completely powerful, climbs 
has has video channels and all sorts of stuff and every word that came out of her mouth was a feeling message i actually put it on my blog it was how it felt to be there her business works from there i have a, a new interest for women i call it business siren but it's essentially how to do business how to fulfill what you're talking about how to drive the car how to get where i'm going from this feminine aspect of oh my gosh i really feel like being in that place right now i think i'm just gonna get there and then your boy energy which is a nice cute way of describing it drives you there so if i have you i get to want to be there and you drive me isn't that nice in real life you drive me so what's wrong with that if we're dating i can't see a complaint i am about as type a successful driven wanting to create an empire hard-working woman as i know and i do not feel the necessity of coming from anywhere but my feminine because that passion gets me going and keeps me going and i write from there and i talk to people from there and it's amazing and so why not do that with you romantically because that's what's going to inspire you to want to be romantic with me it's gonna turn you on and let's make sense here i can't make you turn on and if i and if my masculine energy is not turning you on and what i want is you in my life don't argue with me try it try it see what happens try your feeling messages let your arms drop smile and let the guy pick you up and see what happens instead of inviting him out uh, what I find, again, find interesting when I bring other coaches on the show is how almost like a religion, which tells people to be good people, good dating and relationship coaches often say almost identical things just using different language. Um, uh, Rory's way of expressing things is different than mine, but I, I, I pretty much agree with everything she said. Uh, and I think that's valuable. Uh, pretty much every guest I, 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 I bring on, uh, I'm bringing them on because I think they have a, a unique way of approaching the same situation, which is universal. And so let's get back to our friend, Rory, um, who uses uh, other terminology. He's really good at making up terminology. I'm terrible at it. But Rory is really good at making up ter terminology, putting labels and things. And she uses the, the term siren to describe women. Now, siren is, right, I mean, that's, that's, that's an ancient term. And Rory's modernized it um, with something that she calls the modern siren. And that could fall under the umbrella of dating relationships, that could fall under the realm of business. But Rory, what would you call a siren? And how could a woman become a siren? Cool question. Well, I love stories and I find storytelling to be a really amazing way to help myself be in this being place instead of this doing place. So the siren legend kind of came to me. And actually, I believe it was suggested by my friend and mentor, Evan Pagan, over dinner one night, the modern siren. And so I looked up the whole siren legend where sirens are on an island singing and then Odysseus comes by and all the boats hear this singing and are mesmerized and they crash their boats on the rocks and they climb up and the sirens attack them and eat them. And that's the end of that story. So I rewrote it. 
And I said, sirens are on Siren Island playing, singing. Men come by, they hear their song, they crash their boat on the rock, they come up and they play among the sirens and live happily ever after. So here is the message. Sirens aren't going over to the boat and saying, come on over, come on. They're not chasing down the boats. They're not looking for the boats. They don't care about the boats. The men are attracted to your siren song. So what is your siren song? What makes you play on your island? Because most of us aren't playing on our island. We don't even know what our island is. We don't have time for our island. We don't have time to sing. We don't have time to have fun. We are deeply competitive with other women. We have work to do. And so all we do instead is think about the boats coming by. So I took this idea of the siren from the legend where the sirens are on their island and they play on Siren Island and they sing. And then Odysseus comes along in his boat and they hear the song and they're completely mesmerized and they come crash their boat on the rocks of Siren Island. They climb up and the sirens kill them and eat them. So I redid that. And the concept of sirens playing on Siren Island, being happy, playing with each other, just being happy, singing, men come by in boats, they crash the rocks, they come up and they have a wonderful time with the sirens and they live happily ever after and everybody plays. So I took this legend with the very miserable, grotesque, unhappy ending and I turned it into this concept that as a modern siren, we are on our siren island. We are not competitive with other women, we're playing, we're singing, we're finding out who we are and men are so attracted to this playing and the singing that they come by in their boats, they crash their boats on the rocks of our island, they climb up and they live their lives with us happily. So how do we become a modern siren and why are we not? Because most of us have no idea what we're singing, have no idea how to play on an island, have no sense what we feel like on our island or what we want on this island. We feel competitive with other women. We, we are so unconcerned with our own happiness and our own selves generally, that we're looking for the men on the boats. So we're always looking on the horizon for the men on the boats and hoping they're going to come and all that. That is the way most women, most of us function. Oh, that man. Oh, that man. How am I going to get him to the island? How am I going to get him here? And we're trying to strategize. Maybe if I wore a better dress, maybe if I smile bigger, all of those things for me are irrelevant. The thing that attracts the man is that you are playing and having a wonderful time and singing and you could not care less about whether those boats come or not and then they come and that is the secret here being a modern siren you play in your own island you find your own passions you live your life you speak from your heart you relax your body you deal with your own tensions and your own triggers and you work through those and you speak through those and men will come they do. They show up when they, they are drawn to a woman who is happy inside herself and who is who she is. Which brings me to another point I'm kind of discussing right now, and that is pheromones and smells and attraction, basic animal stuff, that men and women are attracted to each other for all kinds of reasons. And I believe that men, you men, require a physical sense of chemical attraction in order to come towards us. And we women do not. 
I believe that chemistry can be built and passion can be built and attraction can be built for women through intimacy, which is something that most people do not experience. Whereas men need that immediate, need that smell, that feeling. And I believe that we are blocking our own sense of smell, our own senses, our own cells with perfume and smoking and everything else that we do in the environment, what we eat, that it's harder for men to find the person that matches their pheromonal desires that will draw this man to us to begin with. So the least we can do is be our authentic inner selves and our feelings have weight. Our feelings, our sensations have real chemical, real electrical importance. And if we can express that and if we can exude that and radiate that without trying to cover it up with, I'm good at this, I'm good at this, I can do this, let's do this, and thinking and strategy and simply be in a more animalistic state of existing, it's much easier for men around to find us, to sense us, to smell us, to come towards us. And this theory is just really kind of scientifically borne out. And it's certainly, I know all the women that I talk to, and I'm sure that you talk to, have experienced those kinds of days when they just came from the gym and they smelled like gym rats and they had their hair tied back in a wet ponytail and men approached them from everywhere when they were least prepared to be uh, attractive. They were attractive. And that's what it is to be a modern siren. I like it, Rory. I, I know. I do. Um, uh, I would probably think that my the people who listen to me would be surprised to hear that I like it. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, metaphorically and conceptually, once again, we're speaking the same language about what it takes to be uh, attractive to yes. others. Uh, and I can't speak about pheromones because it's not my realm of expertise. Uh, but I can say that someone who is happy and exudes joy, which is, again, it's hard to impose upon someone the magic joy wand that makes everybody happy and confident. But I would put it another way. When people hear this, they sometimes resist. Uh, I would say, think of a man that you find attractive. Is he the guy who tells you how much he hates his job, how bitter he is at his ex-wife, how he can't stand... Uh, fatherhood, how he's complaining about money. No, we all respond to warmth, confidence, positivity, right? That's, that's sort of a universal thing. And sometimes feel, it, it feels almost like an attack, but I'm not that way. There's no judgment if you're not that way, but there's only what works and there's what doesn't. And if you're not, you know, if you're not attracted to angry, bitter, jaded, <laughs> negative men, it would stand to reason that the more you could tap into your inner siren, whatever that means, however you get there, would be a net positive for how other people see you. And I probably think this dovetails with another thing that I don't espouse, but the concept of like the secret and the law of attraction, right? Just again, it's, that's not, that's certainly not an Evan thing, but in as much as if you think happier thoughts and you're put out a happier product, it's more likely that people are going to want to be around you, right? It's, 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 it's pseudoscience. Like it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't have to even go any deeper than that. We don't have to talk about the universe to talk about the very mechanics. What's that? What's going on? 
Nothing. I'm just oh. raising my hand. <laughs> yes, you in the front row. <laughs> if we weren't friends outside, we couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. I just want you to know that's not me. That what you everything you just said does not apply to my work. Just to throw a, a, a loop into this, I don't believe in affirmations. I don't believe in the law of attraction. All of that, feeling good, feeling happy. Why? Because I don't always feel good, and sirens don't always feel good, and they're always not always happy. So, feeling messages help you. Um, we try to find the. I believe that the complaint lives at the same place with the joy inside soup of all of us and we try and find the joyful thing to say like oh the flower popped up in front of us we try to pull that out in a more mindful let's say way of experiencing life and finding something other than a complaint but what if i'm depressed i'm miserable i'm scared i'm feeling all of this stuff does that mean that i'm not fit to invite a man into my life i want to help that woman who's having a really bad time right now and because the last thing in the world she wants to hear me say is, oh, find your joy and then be happy because she's just going to say to me, I'm not happy as long as I'm home and eat the ice cream. So am I just going to abandon her and say, well, when you get happy, we'll work on it. No, I want to say to her, okay, you're feeling really miserable and you want to claim that job. I want you to fall in love with that miserable self. And I have these exercises where you talk to that part and really include that miserable self in and what happens is it starts to not have so much power and then we just kind of slowly take that miserable self out in the world and let it be and see who it attracts and then we take the self that develops from falling in love with that miserable complaining self and those thoughts because usually those complaints come from thoughts and remember when i talked about i was angry with my husband and all those reactions it starts to, once you kind of pour love on those reactions, they start to fade a little bit. And then we start to feel a little differently. And I don't want to put a title on it like happy or I'm being joyful because some women are not attracted to happy men. A lot of us are attracted to deeply troubled, deeply edgy. Isn't that sort addicted. of a problem in and of itself? It is, but you know, do I just push you aside or do I help that shift? If some women are very attracted to abusive men, what I want to do is say, hey, let's slowly undo that man picker. Let's slowly undo that instinct to be connected safely to a man who will hurt you. Because some of us are really attracted to men who will hurt us because we hate ourselves on some level and we haven't got to that level of uncovering yet. So what I really like to do is uncover all that self-hate fall in love with that and let all these voices circulate and then what happens is different kinds of men start to show up out there in my opinion there is no one else it's all a mirror and kind of forget the law of attraction who i am shows up out there and then that is attracted to me if i am attracted to me so it's all if this sounds a little complex it's not it's slowly baby step of discovering who you are, investigating who you are, learning to speak what's actually going on, which is an act of total courage, feeling confident from that total small, tiny steps, and then beginning to 
be okay with these voices that constantly come up that are scratchy and crunchy. The man in the front row. <laughs> How can a woman find, uh, if not Rory Ray, but a Rory Ray coach to walk her through this process of discovering and falling in love with all the good and the bad? What a great question. This has been my greatest pleasure over the last few years. I have Rory Ray Relationship Coach Training, RRCT, and I've trained about 70 coaches, about 20 of them who you probably know because they're superstars there out there. Um, all you have to do is go to blog.havetherelationshipyouwant.com and hit Ask a Coach, and you can download a whole bunch of free things on the blog. It's my blog. There's a thousand articles there. It's totally free. Ask a coach and you'll see my certified coaches. So go look through them. See who appeals to you. See who that level feels like she is like you. See if she has something similar. Go to her website, look at the pictures, look at, get download her freebie. See if what she's saying is something that you could relate to and take a free session with her. And that's how you find your coach. And if that doesn't work for you or you need somebody who's not certified and maybe less expensive, email me. You can email me from the contact form there and I will either personally refer you or I will have my assistant refer you. This is all a passion of mine to help you individually to use my programs and my tools, you know, with somebody holding your hand. I appreciate it, Rory. You're Thank welcome. you. Thank <laughs> you for, uh, for sharing this podcast with me and sharing your, your wisdom uh, and metaphors <laughs> with the women who are listening today. Um, I, I look forward to, to seeing you again in person and, and buying you a drink for your time. Oh, me too. We will meet. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Uh, my name is Evan Marcass. That was Love You Podcast. Next week, we're going to be talking about whether you can change your man. Uh, interesting topic. Stick around for the answer. If you enjoyed this coaching and want to be a future guest on the Love You Podcast, go to www.evanmarkkatz.com forward slash podcast guest to see upcoming topics and ask questions. Subscribe to me on iTunes, subscribe to me on YouTube. Links are below if you're watching on YouTube. Follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter. I give away more free dating and relationship advice than maybe anybody but Rory. So <laughs> best of all, I give away a ton of stuff through my website. I re just redid the homepage, www.evanmarkkatz.com. Give me your name and email address and I will help you identify your number one relationship challenge and help you solve it instantly. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I will see you again next week. Bye.